Welcome. You are listening to the Mindful Minute, meditations created for everyday joy. I'm Meryl Arnett, mama, meditator, and head of mindfulness for Shoreline Meditation App. This podcast is recorded from my live Monday night meditation class, where we have a brief discussion followed by a 20-minute guided meditation. If these meditations support you and your practice, please consider donating to the show to support its continued growth, new offerings, and its ever-expanding team. You can find the link in today's show notes or simply visit merylarnett.com and click on podcast. All right, y'all, let's practice. All right, let me just rehash what I said, which was, I just got to do this interview with author and meditation teacher, Caverly Morgan, and she said something that no other meditation teacher has said to me in this way. And when I heard it, I felt like I know that on some level, I feel that on some level, and yet hearing the words themselves felt really important. And so again, what she wrote is the longer we cling to the notion that there's a separate self who awakens, the more arduous our path will be. We realize freedom together. So this idea that meditation is in essence an isolated practice, it is for me to better myself or awaken myself or remember myself so that I can be the change I want to see in the world. But really, it is this. It is nine squares of faces making eye contact or knowing that our ears are open together and being willing to come together and ask questions, have conversations, share in practices. It is the threads of connection that really invite in the sense of, of awakenness or liberation or enlightenment. It comes through these threads of connection. And as I'm reflecting back on the Political Resilience Series, I feel like this is a thread carried through, that it's not just what you do, but it's how we find ways to connect that carry us through, right? Even in election weeks. And I want to start with a question that was asked after our last class. So the last political resilience session, um, the invitation was, or the metaphor, I suppose, was to come to the dinner table, right? Like, can we, can we all get back to the table? And after class, somebody asked, what happens if the people at the table don't want you there? What happens if the people at the table don't want to be there or they are being hostile towards you? And that felt like such an important question that I really wanted to call it out where we could all hear it and reflect on what what that question asks of us. And I want to start just by identifying that Never, ever, 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 ever will I, and I hope anybody else, ask you to subject yourself to any form of violence, whether that is physical 
or emotional or subtly gaslit under the table, right? Never, never in the name of connection or compassion should we be subjecting ourselves to violence. And if that is the case, if the table is hostile, boundaries are the most important thing you got. Pick a different table. Build your own table. My premise for the whole series is that I am betting there is an ideologically total opposite, total opposite, and yet similar group of nine women sitting on Zoom probably this evening saying some version of the same thing right now. We just have to get to the dinner table. We just have to figure out how to talk to those crazy liberals, right? I think there are more of us, us being people, that are so upset by how much we hate the other side or how angry the other side makes us or how scary they feel to us. And I'm not saying that we would magically start seeing eye to eye, but I do really believe in all honesty that there are more people that want to find a way to connect, to build a path forward that doesn't feel like an implosion is coming than there are people who want the implosion. And it's hard to remember that because that's not interesting, right? That's not what's on the front page of the New York Times. That's not what's on NPR. That's not what we're hearing. It's just us, these squares on Zoom. And you're like, well, yeah, that sounds nice. But then, you know, tomorrow morning, I'm going to turn on the news. And it is not going to feel like people are like, oh, let's come together. It's not going to feel like that. And our work... perhaps, is one to think about, do I believe that? Because you have to decide that for you. Do you believe that? And if the answer is yes, how do I engage that? How do I engage that? And I, I don't know all the answers. I do believe that a contemplative practice is part of it. I do believe that being able to get comfortable creating awareness about what's going on inside allows us to show up to the table, allows us to show up with curiosity instead of solid conviction that you know the other person or that you know yourself, because I bet there are parts of us that surprise ourselves. Yeah. Okay. That was question one. I have one other question and then I'll um, open it up to y'all if you have questions. The other question that was asked, not specifically related to politics, but specifically related to really intense days. So one of my clients asked me, he was like, I, so much is happening right now. Feels like 400,000 things are unfolding every second. And there are some days that I wake up and I know I should go sit on the meditation cushion. 
like literally, this is why he has private lessons is like, get me on this meditation cushion every day. He's like, I know I should do it. And I just can't. I'm so consumed by the emails that I have to respond to and the thing I have to get done and the thing I have to worry about. I just can't do it. And what I said was the meditation teacher in me will answer that question. Do it anyway. No matter how stressed out, no matter how busy, first thing, sit your butt on the cushion and do the practice. Even if it's five minutes, do the practice first. That is across the board, the answer by, I believe, all meditation teachers everywhere. (laughs) And here's the truth. This was the other part of my answer. Meryl, the person, recently babysat my two nieces. So, you know, I have a almost eight-year-old and an almost four-year-old, and my nieces are three and one. And I babysat them. And anybody who has kids can tell you that four kids is like 37,000 children in your house. It was so loud, so chaotic and overwhelming. I was not alone. My partner was here. They are incredibly sweet, well-behaved children. It was so overwhelming. And that weekend, I did not sit down and meditate. I could have, for sure. I know I could have turned on a show and said to my partner, I'll be back in 10 minutes. Absolutely. I didn't do it. And what I did instead was get really curious about why I chose not to do it. What was I scared was going to happen? What was I scared that I might feel or experience? I did not say, well, you're the worst meditation teacher ever. You should cancel all your classes and shut that podcast down because you are a phony and you should not meditate ever again. Stop. I did not do that. I sat down on Monday and I did my practice. But I did give myself enough time just to go, that was an interesting choice. Why did I make that choice? And I like jotted a couple thoughts down in my journal on Monday, not the day of, on Monday. And I offer on the days that you just can't, could you maybe be curious about why that is? And could that be the practice? Yeah. Okay. And we're going to do our meditation practice about 20 minutes. And it's not some magical, special practice that I wrote just for tonight or just for the election week. This is just mindfulness meditation. And I really believe that it's simply the act of naming what it is we're here to do, which is to be present without judgment and with compassion that allows us to build that resilience, that equanimity to show up, to connect. So we've all been seated for a moment, so perhaps we'll just wiggle around a little bit. Allowing yourself to sit more fully in a comfortable, steady way. 
You'll let your hands rest onto the lap. If you'd like to let your eyes close, please do so. And if it feels more comfortable just to take a soft gaze towards the ground, please feel free to do that as well. And together as a group, let's take a nice full breath in through the nose. Exhale a sigh out of the mouth. And we'll do that once more, inhaling deeply. Exhaling a sigh out of the mouth. And allowing your breath just to flow. And our practice begins as we silently say to ourselves, now is my time to meditate. Now is my time to meditate. As we say those words to ourselves, we get to let go of everything we've already done and everything we have yet to do. We get to let go of all of our ideas and notions about who we are, what we want and how we're going to get it. We let all of that go too. As we feel ourselves letting go more and more, perhaps we can get really curious about who it is sitting on the cushion right now. Be curious as you let go of the tension from your day. Allowing your body to drop more fully into the cushion or the chair beneath you. Maybe noticing your spine or the wall, the chair behind you that supports your spine. Feel yourself drop your shoulders back and down. And lift up the crown of the head. Feel yourself let go of the muscles in the forehead. The skin around the eyes. The 
softening the jaw and the inside of the cheeks. Maybe be curious. about the part of you that is watching yourself. Part of you that can feel your jaw letting go. And your eyes soften. feeling as you let go of the muscles in the chest. And the muscles in the belly. For a moment, we simply sit here and breathe. And we observe ourselves sitting here and breathing. so interesting to notice that you can both have an experience and observe that experience unfolding simultaneously. Perhaps you find you can just relax back into that ability. Letting go of all the internal ways we hold ourselves up. And instead, notice what it's like to just be. To just be here. To just be breathing. And everything else that arises. The thoughts of good job and bad job. The thoughts of like, don't like, or should. What if we see all that as just window dressing?
And we continue to steer our gaze inward instead. Window dressings can be as they may. But our gaze is reflected inward. So that we can feel, experience, observe this next breath in. This next breath out. And we'll sit now. About eight minutes in silence. And as we do, there will be times when you find yourself paying attention to all that window dressing. Each time you notice that that's where your gaze is, see if you can just gently redirect. Looking inward to feel Experience, observe this next breath. And then this one. Sit now, a few minutes in silence.
feeling, experiencing, observing this next breath. Perhaps simultaneously noticing whatever window dressing has made itself apparent. And as you feel ready, you let your breath deepen just a bit more. And you wiggle your fingers and your toes, reminding yourself of the edges of your body. And together as a group, we take one last deep inhale in. Exhaling out a sigh. Taking all the time you need to let go of your practice. And to blink your eyes open again. Thank you. Thanks for listening to The Mindful Minute. If you're enjoying these episodes, please consider leaving me a review wherever you get your podcast. It really helps others to find this show. To learn more about my live classes, virtual meditation retreats, my meditation app Shoreline, or to make a donation to the show, please visit MerylArnett.com. Thanks again. I'll see you next week.